Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Today, we're going to be talking about areas that have uh, less antler growth. Um, even though you've had years and years of management, you just don't quite reach that antler growth that you desire. There's an area here in northern Utah that's kind of experiencing that. What's really interesting about this area is it's mostly private. And they're just not really getting that antler growth on these bulls that they want. One of the interesting theories, though, because it's largely private, is a lot of the landowners own large tracts of land. And they are managing elk on these. Uh, their whole theory is to bring as many elk into the area as possible, thus increasing your chance to harvest a 400-inch bull. But it's kind of, in my way of thinking, it's a little bit backward. They are hoping that, or in their case, they believe that it's randomness that's going to increase that antler growth. That's why they want to bring in as many elk as possible, because the more elk you have, the more chances you have of hitting that 400-inch bull. When, in theory, I think it's just the opposite. So we can picture a dairy that has uh, an area that they're feeding their cows in and they set out enough feed for 30 cows and they bring in 15 cows. Those 15 cows are going to come in and they're going to eat as much as they want. They're going to put on a lot of fat. They're going to grow because obviously they're giving being given more food than what they actually need. Now you bring in 30 cows for that 30 that are being fed, and now you have the right amount of feed for those 30. Some are going to get big. Some are not going to grow as much. Then as they start to shrink, they're going to start competing more, and so you're going to be fairly balanced. Some are just going to eat more genetically because that's what they do. Then the, the situation that I think that we're facing here is you have 45 cows and you're only feeding for 30 and you're just having too many mouths on the landscape. And it's really the opposite, I think, than what these land managers uh, are thinking it is. By having a population that's at carrying capacity or uh, at the highest that it can be, you're going to increase the amount of competition. You're going to increase the amount of stress that you're putting on these animals. They're already being stressed by just natural events, whether it's weather, whether it's predators or disease or whatever. You're already putting a lot of stress on them. Now, as you bring more mouths onto the landscape and the quality of that forage starts to decrease, you're going to now have more stress being placed upon them because now they're competing for less and less resources and they're fighting more. We actually saw it on the feed rows. When we weren't putting out as much feed as we needed and we put the feed really tight together, what you would see is a lot more fights. Uh, the elk are standing up, especially the cows, they're standing up, they're boxing each other, and you see a lot more fights. The bulls come in and they are starting to ram the calves, they're ramming the cows, and there's much more aggression when there's not uh, as much feed available. And so you'll see that stress starting to affect those populations. By being at 
carrying capacity, you put the population at risk for larger and larger crashes. Now we have weather events that you just can't control, whether it's uh, a hard winter, a hard drought in the summer, uh, forest fires, those, all of those things you really can't control. But by having your population at carrying capacity, if you normally lose uh, 1,500 animals every winter, if you're somewhere around 17, 18,000 animals, and all of a sudden you have a, a weather event and you lose 1,500, and that's pretty typical for a normal winter uh, like mule deer we have in this area, and then you have... Uh, a really hard winter like we did last year, and all of a sudden you start losing not just the calves, not just the fawns, but you start losing the adults, the adults, the the does, the bucks, the bulls, the cows. You start having these mortality events that you're not used to because maybe your population is at carrying capacity. Last year we really saw this play out, uh, the 2022-2023 season, where a lot of these older bulls uh, were being put on the news because they were starving to death or the Division of Wildlife was coming and having to euthanize them. They were next to the freeway and they wouldn't stand up. And it got really popular, but one of the interesting things is a lot of these bulls that were being shot were nine and a half, ten years old. And so when you start getting that age, you have a population uh, or especially a group of bulls that's on the decline. They are miss that prime window. If you look at prime, that's going to be from maybe, let's say, four and a half to eight and a half. If you start getting older than that, you're going to start to see a decrease in the quality. Bulls don't necessarily or tend to live as long as cows. Uh, they have a, a harder fall. They go into winter a lot rougher shape. And so when you have the population at carrying capacity, uh, your, your mass mortality events, losing five, six, seven thousand 7,000 animals in a winter, you start to increase that uh, that probability of that happening. Again, they're competing for nutritional quality. Uh, that nutritional quality, they're going to these areas that maybe has high quality forage. They're going to feed on those areas first, and then they're going to start to disperse from there. And ultimately, that high quality uh, forage area is going to start to be reduced the more they are in there, and it's like just like overgrazing your cattle. You can graze it only so much before you've ruined it. Reducing that age structure is one that I think is important in the area that we're at. With a lot of these older bulls, you're not getting the antler growth that you're looking for. I think uh, they need to hunt more bulls in the area that I'm at, and it's not just by luck that you get a 400-inch bull. Um, talking to farmers who grow elk and who are constantly growing five, six hundred inch bulls. It's more about the quality of the forage. And so reducing your age structure, because I think there's this thought process that if we bring more animals, more bulls into this area and we hold a higher than average number of bulls per cows, then obviously we're going to have a better than average chance of killing a 400-inch bull. And that's not necessarily going to work. It also works the same way for deer, whether it's mule deer or whitetail. Uh, having more bucks on the landscape will not necessarily guarantee that you're going to kill a 230-inch deer. And so 
reducing that age structure, getting those bulls down below uh, to where they're in that prime, harvesting animals between five and seven or five and five and a half and seven and a half or six and a half and eight and a half, but not letting your average get much between those. We very rarely are we getting into genetic issues. I hear a lot of people talking about genetics, but I don't think that we have the forage here in the Intermountain West where there's enough quality forage that these elk, these bulls are getting the amount needed for genetics to come into play. Now, some of it... There may be a little, if you get a goofy antler and you consistently see goofy antlers, uh, but very rarely is that going to play out to where we're getting enough quality feed that genetics are going to play in. Then here's a, here's a big one uh, that we're having here constantly that it's, it's affecting this area, and that's human disturbance. Uh, Utah is one of the fastest growing states in the United States right now, and the more development that's going on, it's not just these HOAs down in these valleys. Uh, we now have HOA cabins. They're building HOAs where, and placing cabins in those areas, and so that's cutting down on the habitat. In the area that I'm thinking about, it's 85 to 90% private. The, they have consistently been on the lower end of antler growth, even though there's a lot less disturbance. And I think that now, as disturbance start to creep in these areas, that it's only going to affect and put pressure on these animals more. The more human disturbance you have in an area, the more vigilant it causes an animal to be. So if your population is over carrying capacity, you have a lot of mouths on the landscape you're trying to feed, and they now have to be more vigilant because you're building an HOA on the next ridge over and you're causing a lot of bangs and whatnot going on, then they are going to be taking in less feed. So you want less disturbance. You want to reduce the amount of stress that you're putting on these animals. And then you can't ever control the weather. But by reducing your populations so they are taking in more nutrition, uh, having larger antler growth, having more fat going into winter ultimately is going to help your population. And that, I think, is one of the big things that I've learned after talking with uh, different landowners and biologists in the area that having less mouths on the landscape is going to ensure that you have a better chance of growing those antlers or the antler size that you're looking for. All right, you guys, have a great day.